Let's be honest, creating this podcast can be easy and it can be very hard. At times, it tugs, it even pulls on my heart. It's therapeutic for me, in fact. But for others, I'm hoping it's a helping hand uh, to help guide those who may be wandering with little or no direction. Or for some, perhaps it represents an honest, behind-the-scenes look at what to expect once everyone has gone home and life begins to settle back into that everyday grind with what some might mistake as normal. And that's why I'm speaking here, to tell my story, to share others' stories, to shed a light on a subject that oftentimes fades as life goes on. But for us who are grieving, it doesn't fade. We face it every day, while it seems as though most everyone else has chosen to forget. Now, I know that's harsh, and although sometimes it could be quite true, I've yet to experience that myself. My support system is vast and even complicated at times, and I know they, my supporters, they don't forget. But it's easy to appear as though you do forget, because it's hard to know what to say to your friend or to your loved one who's going through grief and know and understand their everyday struggles or details they have to face every day. Thus the catalyst for this episode we're going to examine 10 surprises of grief. So I've made a list. I know even I think it's an odd idea in a way, but if putting some of these things in a list helps one person better understand the many struggles of grief, then I'd say it's well worth the effort. 10 surprises of grief. Now let me point out, that there are no order to this particular list. No statement that suggests this is the biggest thing or that is the smallest thing. As I continue to stress, and will always stress, everyone's experience with grief is completely different. Each person's biggest sorrow is not necessarily the same, nor was the love that they felt for their lost spouse or son or uncle or mother just as someone else's. So it makes sense that as individualistic as one person's relationship is with another, their grief is also just as unique. And lastly, I've chosen to split this list into two different episodes, not only for you to better digest, but to not extend this episode to a length that is, well, I'd say ridiculous. So let's begin the list. Item number one, and again, That's only to help organize the list. It's not to order their importance. Grief is unexpected and comes in waves. Although I might assume most everyone knows this, I'm continually surprised when speaking to someone and seeing their confusion or surprise at this. I believe it might be based in their lack of experience with grief or perhaps uh, their belief that somehow you can expect certain things and even control grief at certain times. It creeps up and slaps you in the face sometimes, and sometimes at the strangest times. Right now, I have many listeners nodding their head in unison. I'm, I'm sure of this. A good friend of ours passed quite suddenly of leukemia many years ago. And in fact, she was what my wife would consider at the time her best friend. 
As a family, we visited her family in Belgium after they moved over there for work, and we had the most wonderful time. Sherry was a phenomenal hostess, and when it became obvious the end was near, it took all of five seconds to answer my wife's question, what should she do? I told her to go to her, so we flew her out, and while my wife was there, she passed, and I and the kids here mourned together. But I found myself a few weeks later walking through a grocery store on my lunch break when I turned the corner and was faced with a display of Belgian waffles. I immediately teared up and nearly lost it big time in the store. That is the best way I can tell you that indeed, grief is always unexpected and comes in waves absolutely any time. You can't prepare for it, although you might think you can. It has a bad habit of creeping up on you when you least expect it. And triggers are far and wide. A song, a smell, a passing car, or a Belgium waffle display. It hits you and you're down. Number two, there's no timetable, there's no schedule. While on the subject of how grief is unpredictable, you need to know, for you or for your friend who might be trying to, you're trying to support, there is no step one, step two, step three timetable. I would point out my earlier comment of grief is different for everyone. The perceived timetable or a schedule is also different for everyone. I may be three months past my loss and triggered easily by songs or scents, while someone else might be a year and a half past their loss and just as easily triggered. Grief is for everyone a different experience, and the manner in which anyone processes their loss through grief can be very, very different as well. Some might look at me and see the Journey to Grateful podcast and website as a way for me to work through my grief, and it is. But if they also see that as a sign that I'm well through my grief process, well, they would be wrong. Throw a Michael Buble song on just at the right time, or if I'm being fully transparent and honest here, most any night when it's time for bed, I may appear as though I'm just a week or two from my loss. So don't artificially place a schedule of grief for either yourself or your friend you are trying to support. It puts undue stress on you if you believe you should be quote-unquote further in your grief just because you're comparing yourself with someone else. You must believe that you are exactly where you are supposed to be in your grief. And let me clarify, I would suggest as long as there's forward progression of your grief journey, you are exactly where you are supposed to be. Number three, not everyone understands what you are experiencing. And I would add, nor cares too. Now, I know that is harsh, but it is true sometimes. Not everyone will be as understanding of your grief as you might hope they would be, oftentimes because they believe that grief has a schedule. And as I've discussed before, it does not, and it should not. That is on them. That is not on you. Their inability to understand can come from fear or a lack of knowledge or a lack of experience. In fact, one of the main reasons I've created this podcast is because of the misunderstanding of grief and what it is and how it lives. And yes, lives. 
It is part of my everyday life, and it lives in me. Or rather, I live with it. Ultimately, thinking others can truly understand what your grief is or means to you is no more possible than me understanding the thrill of skydiving, since I neither have ever done that, nor would I ever have the desire to do so. Now on to number four. This is perhaps the one that means the most to me. Grief is not linear. For me, this is one of the most important aspects of grief that many, even those in the midst of grief, just don't seem to understand. Grief for me is like a tangled ball of string. It swings left, up, right, down. It crosses over itself and runs through some events on its own timeline several times. It is not linear. That is to say, once you experience a specific aspect of grief, that doesn't mean that that aspect of grief is over, never to be seen or experienced again. Far from it, actually. Like that tangled ball of string, you can experience a specific grief emotion or event, whatever, multiple times, maybe multiple days, weeks, or maybe even months apart. And it can surprise you the third time it hits you, just as if it was the first time. I would stress to those out there trying to support a friend or family member through their grief journey to understand, truly understand these details. It will help you to better be there for them, because you better get what they might be experiencing. You don't have to actually go through grief, or better yet, the exact loss someone else is going through, to actually understand or at least empathize with what they may be feeling or dealing with, or the why. You just have to know better what grief is all about. Only then will you be truly available to help others on their journey. On to number five. Friends and family will surprise you. Now, this detail about grief can sometimes be good and sometimes be not so good. The good are those who show up and do so in the most incredible and sometimes unique ways. The bad can be especially surprising, as some will be kind of paralyzed as to what they can or should do to help, and that tends to just simply make them do nothing. They will then retreat, maybe be absent, or with some, they might try awkwardly and fail as they do trying to help you. I've heard story after story where a friend or a family member that otherwise has been close, present, and a deep part of someone else's life simply doesn't show up. Let me explain the show up aspect of helping someone go through grief. It is simply that... um, All you have to do to help is to show up. In other words, just be there. Oftentimes, grand displays of help aren't what someone needs. It's it's more of an understanding, and it's more of a presence of comfort from their support system, and that's what they need. It really doesn't have to be complicated. Support for myself and my children came in the most unexpected and creative ways, and to this day, 15 months after our loss, many offers and actions of support have a special place in our heart and always will. 
For instance, family offering to take my boys, and at the time they were 12 and 13, shopping for dress clothes after our loss was the sweetest sentiment ever. During our hospice experience, for instance, which was in the midst of the pandemic, the time when everyone was staying at home for weeks on end, a group of teachers arrived at our door with baskets filled with books and gift cards and various incredibly thoughtful things. That's all they needed to present to us is their time and just be there for us. And it touched our hearts so deeply. The slightest thing to lift us up was not only appreciated, but it was exactly what we needed. So as I close out the first half of this two-part episode, I'd like to challenge you, my listener, to do something for us here at Journey to Grateful. And that is simple. Spread the word. That's all I ask. I am personally grateful for your time each and every episode, but we need to reach more people with this podcast and my contributors' stories on the website. Both can help and impact others who are going through grief. I don't say that as a hope. I've heard that from my listeners who are grateful for a chance to be heard and to hear others' experiences as they try themselves to navigate their own grief. Listener K-Dub has reached out to me with a review on Apple Podcast, which I am so very grateful for. And it says, Journey to Grateful is simply a beautiful resource for anyone who has experienced loss in their life. Tim has created a beautiful community that shares honest, forthright, and comforting stories from a wide variety of contributors. I really appreciate her thoughts. In addition, you can become part of this community. You yourself, as a listener, can be part of this community. And you can have a voice. Over on Facebook and Instagram, just simply like the pages and place your comments and your suggestions on any of the posts. That can help make this podcast relevant for your grief and others like yours. If you have a show suggestion, perhaps, or would like to become a contributor or just simply share a story or experience, message me on Facebook, or you can even email me directly, tim at journeytograteful.com. You and your grief journey can truly make a difference, not necessarily just with me, but with every one of our listeners. Connect with me today and let's start sharing your story today. As always, I'd like to close with some inspiration, something comforting, a comforting thought to help guide you as you deal with loss or help someone you know through theirs. From Robert Schiller, who writes, Let your hopes, not your hurts, shape your future. And again, thank you for joining me today. Stay strong and remember to always search for hope in your future. It's there even in the darkest times. It will wait until you are ready. Have a great day. Bye-bye.